Hi there, I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. It's Lisa and Benjamin Shield, and this is Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. Today's topic is how to find a guardian of your soul and what is a guardian of your soul. My husband, Benjamin, is the originator of that sentiment. He wrote it, I think, for the very first time in a book called Handbook for the Heart. Is that correct, honey? And I, just FYI for anybody out there, I happened to read Handbook for the Heart about a month and a half, I'd say, before Benjamin and I went on our first date. It was an absolute coincidence. I was getting my master's degree in spiritual psychology at the time, and it was one of the required books for our course. And then Benjamin and I went on our first date, and I sat across from him, and I asked him if he had a spiritual path. Benjamin has a very (laughs) unusual energy, uh, unlike anything I've ever encountered before. And he uh, um, feels like he's been meditating for centuries. (laughs) That is just incredible. And I asked him, do you have a spiritual path? And Benjamin felt like he started to short circuit. Like from my perspective, he started to bat his eyes (laughs) and kind of look around the room. And it was the weirdest response. Um, I wish I had a recording so I could go back to see if it really was as remembered. But um, he uh, told me later that he was really trying to think, do I have a spiritual path? The funniest part about that was that um, I being, we were in Los Angeles, California, And I thought, oh my God, I have just ruined this date. I mean, I might as well have said, well, what's your Zodiac sign or something, you know, something like that, um, that was a kind of a cliche. And um, I thought, oh gosh, he thinks I'm one of those spiritual girls. And I, I think this is, you know, this is over. And he later told me he was trying to figure out, do I have a spiritual path? And he looked at me and he said, you know, I don't think I do. But he said, my best friend and I wrote four books. And he said, we, and I said, really? I said, what are the titles? And he said, they were all on spiritual topics. We picked four pressing questions that we really wanted to dive deeper on and four topics, right, babe? Uh And he, and so they wrote these four books and I said, what are the books? And he started listing them, Healers on Healing, For the Love of God, Handbook for the Soul, and Handbook for the Heart. (laughs) And I almost fell off my chair because there are millions and millions of self-help books out there. And I had just read Handbook for the Heart. And this really is true. Um, this is true. I, when I read Handbook for the Heart, I, um, I loved it. It was one of my, it was really my favorite book that we had read for the course up until that point. And I especially loved the artwork on the cover, which I thought was beautiful. And I later found out he had a lot to do with. Yeah. And it it didn't, I'm very visual and it didn't escape me. So um, long story short, in Benjamin's essay in the book, he talks about, he says, and we will be guardians of each other's souls. So we're going to talk about, a lot of people will say to us, well, what is a guardian of your soul? And since Benjamin was the one who, created that idea, that sentiment. I'm going to ask you, baby, what is a guardian of your soul? And I'll answer that by saying, what is the guardians of two people's souls when they get together? 
because it's about making someone's life bigger, not smaller. When we think of, when many people think of relationships, they think of compromise and limitations. And when we talk about being a guardian of the soul, we're talking about making each other's lives bigger and providing that safety and support and love to let that person's soul flourish, to let it continue on that, that the path that the soul is meant to go. And not just to do that, but, all, but I know with me, babe, huh. you saw something in me. Mm. Like you saw me when uh, we were first dating, probably three months in, Benjamin looked at me and he said, probably one month. <laughs> one month in, yeah, you were, you were going to get me on a new career path. But he looked at me and he said, you know, you should really be a coach or a life coach or a therapist. Uh, you may have been excited about importing or been passionate about importing at one time, but you should be a therapist or a life coach. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, well, this is all you talk about. All you talk about is personal transformation. Mm -hmm. that's, that's it. You're, you're alive with that. And you saw that in me and gave me the courage, you know, by recognizing, by being that guardian of my soul, you saw my soul's purpose. And then everything we've done in this relationship, I mean, so much of your love and your, 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 our relationship has been about you guiding me and holding that space for my soul to real, to actualize itself. Yeah. And I think that in a relationship, in, in some ways, it's unreasonable to think that people always grow together. Some, you know, we're dealing with two souls, two individuals, and their paths may be a little bit different. And to have a guardian of your soul relationship means that each person supports the other person's path. So it's about giving. It's about giving, not, not having something taken away from them. And a lot of people are, are terrified that my partner may be growing right differently than I am. And, you know, and for some people, it, it feels like, oh my gosh, this is the beginning of the end. Where if you think in terms of, you know, this person is following their path and I'm following mine, how can I support that person? And hopefully I have a partner who will say the same thing. How can, can they support me on that, the journey of my soul, my whatever purpose that would be and whatever changing person purpose that might be. So it's offering love, safety, trust, protection. How do you see us having different paths? Well, it doesn't seem like a different path because I'm, I feel so protective of you and your journey and your soul. So, you know, somehow it doesn't feel like, oh, Lisa's gone on this career and and I'm on this career, and how are we ever going to? And that's actually how I felt in my very first marriage, you know, years and years ago, 40 years ago. Um, she had been a soap opera actress for over 40 years and uh, now. But at the time, it just seemed like we were growing apart. I was getting into my career. She was deeply into her career. And instead of thinking in terms of how can I, what can I do to support her? What can she do to support my soul's journey? Um, it just seemed like this chasm that developed as, yeah. as opposed to a bridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you loved her very much. I mean, it was really a wonderful, it started out as a yeah. beautiful, wonderful relationship from what you said. And then you just, you know, literally, it's like she she went one way, you went right. the other way. Right. Yeah. Right. And so if that relationship existed now with what I know now of what makes a relationship successful, um, it's 
really, first of all, doing my own work prior to the relationship and much of what your course is about, entirely about. Right. Um, that we really want, when you and I met, I had done a lot of work, a lot of workshops, a lot of, right. and I was fortunate enough to do therapy with uh, a man who I really felt was more of a mentor than a, a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much. And I, I, you know, at the end of it, when it was clear that there was nothing left to talk about, <laughs> we just enjoyed each other's company, <laughs> you know, uh, that I, I wasn't the same person then as, as in the beginning. Wow. And so um, having that, being able to work, you know, do that work, all that work. And for many of the workshops and things, it's, it's like, take what's good and leave the rest. But there was enough good and enough thought provoking items that, you know, it really helped to mold me. And of course, I'm continuing to be molding, molded by um, our relationship and our love. Are you really? Oh, absolutely. Really? I, I'm, I'm not the same person than when we met really? because of our relationship. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, my first marriage to the soap opera actress, um, I could not have seen how that could have succeeded. Mm -hmm. Because if, if someone asked what the, you know, the ideal day would be in a relationship, I would have trouble. I would have had trouble answering that. Wow. You know, I would have, um, if someone asked me what the purpose of two people getting together in this union, this sacred union, I would have, you know, other than love, you know, and, and typical answers, I would ha have had difficulty finding the depth mm -hmm. for that answer. Yeah, it's wild how little we really think about those things or, to, you know, stop to ask ourselves, yeah. <laughs> you know, what am I doing here? And yeah. yeah. And you had asked how it looks like in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And it has so many different levels and directions. But for example, um, when you were writing your book, mm -hmm. um, that's being completed, you know, these weeks, these, mm -hmm. um, uh, I would rent you a cabin in Idlewild or a couple times in wine country in California on the, yeah. on the Russian river, just, and just provide you with everything you needed which also meant taking every care of everything at home, mm -hmm. you know, and, and just taking all the worry or, or all the issues, the day-to-day -day things so that your path was clear to yeah. do what you really felt that you were meant to do. Can, can I just add a little, uh, you know, I wasn't able to write my book then, hmm. but it formed the, whole foundation for my course yes. for emotionally naked dating, everything that I was wanting yeah. to put into that book, that became my course. Yeah. And it was good. It would, you know, all the time I sat there and did it because I don't, you know, people don't know, but these things are very hard for me. I, I don't, you know, whatever success I've had, um, I don't, you know, I'm not fast. I just am not fast. I don't learn things quickly. And being a guardian of my soul, you know that about me. One of the beautiful things about Benjamin and me and being guardians of each other's souls, I think you'd agree, baby, is that um, we see each other's limitations and we don't try to fix it or change it, but we love each other you know, in those moments and hold that space. And that's part of being a guardian of someone's soul. Yeah. I mean, one thing that you do for me is um, before we moved to Santa Fe, where I'm starting my practice um, fresh after 40 years of, of uh, a full practice of maybe seeing 45 people a week, um, uh, that at the end of the day, um, after having seen so many people in a day, 
and in a week and hearing so many stories and seeing people in so much discomfort that I would need time at the end of the day, which usually meant just being at the kitchen sink, eating something, staring out the window and letting the day catch up with me or letting me catch up with the day because it's difficult to integrate everything in real time right. when there's such intensity. And, you know, sometimes you turn the corner and step into the kitchen and then do a complete 180 degree <laughs> reverse. And, you know, you just said, you know, Benjamin needs, Benjamin's soul needs this time. And, you know, so I felt safe. I felt protected. And it's a whole different ball game when you walk around on this planet knowing that someone is your protector, your guardian, uh, that they will always have your best interest and that it's mutual. You know, I want to know what just came up when you were sharing that. If I were to, you know, if you were to die tomorrow, I would feel that I couldn't have loved you more. I couldn't have loved you more. I mean, every moment that we're together, there is love. Mm. You know, I think that we are both, you know, just thinking really about what's best for our relationship and what's best for the other person. And nothing ever feels like a sacrifice. There is no compromise. You're never compromising when you love this other person and you only want for their own good. And to know that that person, you know, is responsible, holding up his end of the bargain, you know, taking responsibility for his own life. I mean, we don't pull on each other. We don't take our stuff and like, you know, try to get, I never try to get you to fill a void for me. You know, so I'm not pulling on you energetically. And because of that, there's this free flow. There's just this free flow of giving and giving and giving and yeah. receiving. Yeah. And the fact is, is that if someone feels that someone is protecting them, you know, physically, financially, psychically, spiritually, all of those things, and making their life bigger, creating a bigger life and supporting their soul's journey, they have nowhere else to go. I mean, we, you know, a lot of marriages end because they're looking for something more or there's something less in the relationship than what they, they truly need. But if someone is giving them freely, lovingly, all these things, there's no place for the, the other person to go. I mean, where would they go? <laughs> you know, who, who would they go to? Right. You know, because they have everything, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Yeah. I thought about that. You know, it's so funny when we met, one of the things I thought about was if I was giving you everything that you needed and even more, right? I think even things you didn't know you needed or whatever, but I was so, first of all, I was so excited that you wanted to be with me. I mean, and I still, (laughs) I still, I think every day I wake up and a part of me is just like, wow, he still wants to be with me. And and he's still snoring. (laughs) (laughs) There's that. No, we got those great earplugs. If anybody wants to know about the best earplugs on the planet. But uh, um, yeah, I was so excited that you wanted to be with me. And I just thought, I just am so grateful. And out of that gratitude and that awe, you know, came love, just wanting to make you happy wanting to do everything I could from my end to show you how much you mean to me, you know, and I, yeah, but you have, we really do guard each other's souls. How is that different than being soulmates? What's well, different? I think when two people meet, they may say, oh my gosh, we're soulmates, we're twin flames. Um, 
And then it kind of ends there. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I found my soulmate. Um, but <laughs> that may be true, but it's just the beginning of something very beautiful. Very beautiful. It doesn't end with, oh, I found my soulmate happily ever after, like 98% of the rom-coms and, and, and all that. Um, it's the joy. It's the beauty uh, and it's the art uh, of giving. And a casual guardian is, is, a, is really a verb. Yes. And that's the difference. Soulmates are like, oh, here's my soulmate. Yeah. But being a guardian of someone's mm-hmm. soul is an action. Yeah. That's really the difference, right? That's, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Soulmate is, an, is a noun. Guardian right. is a verb. Yeah. Beautifully put. Ah, yeah. <laughs> that's what you married me for. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's really, that's the difference. Yeah. It's a way of being with your partner. And one of the real pleasures of witnessing your course and being part of it, being on, on uh, two of the calls each week or sometimes three, um, is watching the transformation of the women as they begin to, and there's one man, <laughs> we ask the women if it's okay to let him in and, and um, of watching the transformation of how, what they understand a guardian of their soul to be, and also what they have settled for in the past, which hasn't been a guardian of their soul. And what they see as a possibility yeah. in their future. They watch us, the women in our course are watching Benjamin and me. So not only are they learning this information, but they're seeing the interaction between the two of us. And so they get it, not just on an intellectual level, but really at a heart level and at an energetic level, because they're witnessing simultaneously what this looks like. Yeah. And even, I mean, some women have found their, their guardian mm-hmm. uh, very quickly, very quickly. And some are well on their way mm-hmm. because they've, with the course, they've done their work. They, they have that understanding of what the must haves and the deal breakers uh, and, and what their soul, most of all, what their soul needs. Right. And, and very, I would guess, I would estimate that very few people that get together really consider what their soul needs. Sometimes it's getting married or, or being in a relationship. Uh, that's just a box that they can check off. Okay. Now I'm married. Now I'm in a, in a relationship as opposed to what their soul needs, you know, something not on the to, to the to-do list. Wow. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Yeah. That is really beautiful. Yeah. It's so hard. And I think one thing that we don't realize, a mistake that we're making, going back to something you said earlier, is not taking the time to think deeply enough about relationship, what we want, what we're longing for. I think we have, oh, you know, I want tall, dark, and handsome, and, you know, a full head of hair. (laughs) Um, But we don't really stop and ask, what is my soul longing for from a partner? Yeah. What would his soul be longing for? Exactly, exactly. Not only exploring our own desire, mm-hmm. deep, deep, deep desire, but also asking the other person, because we're not mind readers, and that other person may not have formulated. Right. And so being a guardian of one's soul is helping to formulate what they need, you know, uh, and there is, how can you not love someone (laughs) who is not only helping to illuminate, um, what their soul needs, but also once they know it to support that in every way. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lovely client who just met the guard, who met the guardian of her soul recently. And He said uh, in an interview, her name is Cassie, his name is Jameson, and you can go to lisashield.com 
and watch this beautiful interview with this couple. Um, Jameson said, he said, you know, Cassie asked me what I needed from her, what I was longing for. And no woman had ever really asked me that before. They may have assumed they knew or that, but he said, no, no one ever actually took the time to ask and then to follow through to give me those things. And I was so busy as a man making women happy that I never even knew that I could get my needs met in a relationship. (laughs) So it was quite beautiful to hear from a man how the course had shifted his partner. And he thanked me for that. He said, you know, he thanked me and I had a second man do that. They came to Santa Fe and visited and he pulled me aside and said, thank you for everything you did for Rebecca. You know, thank you. She's an extraordinary woman. She was making it hard for herself. It was like there was a door and instead of turning the handle and pulling the door toward her, she was pushing on the door and it wouldn't open. And finally, she had a magical breakthrough. I think she just hit bottom and threw up her hands and said, you know, with with the help of not only the course itself, but the other women in the course. Yes. That sisterhood that's created in the course. So that, you know, in the course, the other members really become a guardian of each other's souls. Yep. There's there's community and accountability and yeah. love. Yeah. And people want to see each other succeed. Yep. There's a beauty and lifelong or, or you know, deep, deep friendships that that will clearly last for years and years to come, you know, formulated. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's incredible. And and as you watch as the women go through the course, they watch each other transform. And it in, it's so inspiring that there's sort of a domino effect where it, you know, one woman start like, you know, and then another woman right now in the course, they are being guardians of each other's souls. It's just quite sweet. Uh, there, this is a particularly bonded group and they are just becoming girlfriends right and left. They're all messaging each other. They're calling each other on the phone. The women will come on the phone and they'll say, oh, I spoke to this one and this one. And I, you know, I talked on the phone with so-and-so and and this is what she said. And we're becoming new, you know, we're becoming besties. (laughs) And I've never, this is a particularly bonded group and and very social. They're really, really supporting each other. So having that community is so beautiful, you know, of like-minded souls who are all reaching for a similar dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful to watch that. It is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like having a guardian of your soul, babe? Well, <laughs> what does that do for you? You know, it's being on this planet, you know, every moment knowing that I'm being supported, loved, you know, guided. Um, and there, it's like having a protective blanket, mm-hmm. you know, and knowing that, that someone is going to not just acknowledge my path, but, but help me along that, that path. And I know that if I get stuck, <clears throat> if I fall behind, um, on my journey, that someone will be there, not judgmentally, not with judgments, but with observation. Yeah. And that's a huge difference. Well, and also a guardian of your soul may save your life, literally. I mean, you almost died, I mean, several times, but <laughs> one in particular that was really, really, really um, one of those episodes of House, mm-hmm. right? Where Benjamin had a what was a flu looked like a flu, but wasn't a flu. And he knew instinctively something was seriously wrong. And um, anyway, it unraveled and he wound up in the ICU at Cedar sinai um, And if I hadn't figured out that something was seriously wrong, 
his all of his vital signs were shutting down and it was kind of the 11th hour hit they yeah but um it wasn't just the illness it was then seeing him through the recovery period you know and the two of us being able to get to make it and not collapse financially emotionally um i didn't lose it you know i could have really hit bottom. I could have got, you're my life, you're my world. And financially we, we got through it. And yeah, I mean, there was never a question you'd get right back out there and get back to your career and all, but it was being able to hold that space both during COVID when you Mm -hmm. couldn't work and this, and of course you've done the same for me, not to, you know, maximize what I've done and minimize you you've also been there for me. I would never be sitting here today doing what I'm doing if you hadn't acknowledged that you saw me becoming a coach and then supporting me in making that transition. That was one of the hardest times in your life, mentally, emotionally, physically. We had just moved into a new home. I was not bringing in much income. Right. And you were literally, you told me later, you didn't tell me at the time, but you were literally taking the money that you made and the checks. And after you had worked, you know, a 12 or 15 hour day, you were then (laughs) running to the bank to deposit Uh, that money so that we could pay the workers, so that we could pay rent. I mean, it was really Mm -hmm. extraordinary. And you didn't even tell me. You never said a word. Well, I I think being a guardian of someone's soul, uh, of each other's soul, isn't about necessarily getting recognition because it's so much about um, giving and the joy of giving that that recognition for it would be down on the list. Right. Yeah. And it would have, and it would have made me feel guilty and pressured. And you wanted me to feel safe and like I could go forward and not have to carry all that other stuff with me. Right. So you were protecting me. And we, and we've done it for each other. We've done it for each other. Mm -hmm. And we'll continue to, Yeah. yeah, we will continue to. I don't know if there are any questions, any questions. We wrote down three things that we really felt were at the heart of this. And the first was, you know, we talked about having two givers, which is at the heart of this. Neither one of us, there's, you know, there isn't a needy bone in either one of our bodies. Like we really let go of need through doing a lot of work on ourselves and learning how to take personal responsibility for ourselves and not putting our stuff on each other. And I'm sorry. And there's a difference in giving because in many, many relationships, people give with the idea of getting something in return. Right. Um, Just, or scoring points or, um, I'm doing this for her. I know she's going to, you know, she better let me, you know, uh, go fishing with the guys, you know, uh, or whatever it is. Um, it's not about that. And when one person, and I think it's also important that one person can change two people. So if one person begins to really make it clear or be clear, that they are there to support the other person's soul, the journey of that soul, wherever it goes and however it may change because the journey may have twists and turns. The other person, if it's the right person in the relationship, God willing, um, will begin to learn to do that for, you know, for each other or the other person. I think you and I, we started out, you know, giving, but we've learned so much more about giving over these 19 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, and the pure pleasure of giving and protecting. And even though it's important for me to be walking 
on this planet knowing that I'm protected. Um, someone is guarding, is a guardian of my soul. It's equally as important to me to know that I'm doing it for someone else. Yeah, and just to share that it doesn't mean that I'm always going to be doing, you know, saying yes to you. Like last night, I I wasn't feeling well. And we had agreed to spend some time together. And I it's rare but, that I say no, but I was really not well. My stomach was not yeah. feeling well. And there's so much love that you know that if I say, even if you had felt disappointed, I heard you feeling, you know, I could hear a little disappointment. <laughs> and I, but it was just so quick. You know, you just said, of course. And and you knew that if I said that I wasn't feeling well, it was really because I wasn't yeah. feeling well. I, I believe that being guardians of each other's souls means making the container large enough for little glitches and things like that. If people make the container too small, glitches fall outside that container and it seems other. It right. seems like aberrant or what's going on or something's wrong. If someone makes a container large enough so that people feel that, yeah, I can, you know, uh, express my feelings. Mm -hmm. It may not be what the other person wants at the moment, but it's all part of the container. Then it's just, you know, it just dissipates. It's yeah. just forgotten. Um, and so it's really creating that the container large enough to contain all these things, all the person's quirks and habits and whatever it is and just lovingly hold that space. Beautiful. And so then we talked about having done your work, mm -hmm. that you and I both spent about eight years working on ourselves and really... And a long time before that. And so. a long time before that. But but you were with your mentor your, your for eight years. And I was... It was eight years between when I left my first husband and when you and I had our... You know, went on our first date. So I know if I had met you eight years earlier, this would have never happened. There was no way, no way that you, this would have ever happened. And those eight years were key. I did them intentionally so I could have a loving relationship. That was my intention. I wasn't just working on myself. I was desiring a truly loving, connected, um, unconditional relationship with a man. And I wanted to be able to do that. And I knew that I had to become the woman that I am or that I was when we met in order to do that because no man was going to put up with my immaturity. No real man. I can sit there all day long and say, I want a real man and I want this and I want that. But the real question is, is that real man going to be attracted to me? And so, and that means not just physically, so many women just, you know, put all this energy into looking good on the outside, but there's a lot of men that are going to fall for that. But those aren't the real men, not the kind of men that we really want. And that's part of what's where a lot of you are failing because you're putting too much emphasis in trying to look good on the outside, but you're not doing the right work up here and in here. And so I knew that I wasn't attracting the men I wanted, not because of how, you know, I worked on my physical appearance, but it was the, the, the emotional you know, development, the emotional intelligence and how not to put that on a man. And you did your work. Yeah. I mean, we would not have been where we are today where it started with a good foundation and developed a great foundation. Um, but without the work that we had done prior to meeting, we would not have had that good foundation or anything to build on that. Um, it just would have dissipated. Yeah. yeah. And this is, look, for us, it's 
easy. It's like breathing right now. I mean, there's no moments where I, uh, I don't disconnect my love from Benjamin. I do not pull it away. If you think about, uh, um, you know, like pulling the rug out or disconnecting or being upset and feeling I need to go protect myself. Uh, do you feel that during no, the day? None. Yeah. There's none of that. Zero. There's no fear. There's pure safety. But that had to come from each one of us being able to create that safety internally. Benjamin cannot create that safety for me. I, I mean, he does it without trying by being consistent, by not pulling his love away, by being a man I can trust, right? And all of that at your end makes it possible. If I was feeling inconsistencies, I might get scared or pull away. But I also had create that safety within myself. Something happens, don't take it personally. Benjamin loves you. Get curious. Don't make assumptions. Get curious and find out more before you decide you know, how, what's going on. So I can do that because I developed the skill set to be able to do that. And that makes our, one of the things I will take pride in that I really worked very hard to accomplish. And I still am learning. I'm still getting, refining this for sure, but is not taking anything personally. And not taking anything personally, which you're a lot better at that than, than I am, because I think you're, you're really great at it, which you know, when, I, when I tell people, you know, when they ask what the success of our relationship is, one of the things I said, and Lisa doesn't take things personally, which means that I can go to her and say, you know, um, you know, yesterday, you know, this happened and, and, you know, would you take a look at it or, you know, and in other relationships uh, or, you know, something happened a moment ago, other relationships that would be like cracking a diamond that would slowly, <laughs> the crack would slowly spread, you know, over maybe three days of coldness or not talking. And we have none of that because you don't take things personally. You know, if I'm cranky, which happens, um, you just, think, oh, Benjamin's having a hard day. Not like, wow, that, you know, SOB, you know, uh, you know, I'm so nice to him and here he is being cranky. I don't take things personally. And I know that I make it safe for you to come and talk to me about anything. I, I create that safe space by being non-reactive, but I also know that you don't withhold from me. So we, we co-create the conditions in this relationship because we're such givers and we are so loving and, and um, caring towards each other's needs that we, we do, there's a, is it, what is, there's a, I don't know. Reciprocity. A reciprocity uh, that, that, that happens in this relationship that's founded on both of us being givers. And then us taking responsibility for our own part and creating safety and trust. There's a lot of things happening in the, the dynamic between the two of us, you know, that's really extraordinary. And if I stop and think about it, having been in other relationships that were not this highly functioning, <laughs> not at all, I, uh, I really see the work we did. And how we, you know, these aren't theories up here. This stuff plays out every day. These are learned skills that Benjamin and I took from our mentors and teachers and all the work we did. And we bring them, that sophistication, into this dynamic that we create. Right. And you mentioned the work. In the beginning, when we were working on ourselves, you know, long before we met, it was work. It was facing things that we may not have wanted to see in ourselves or, or, or deficits or all of those things. And that was work and it took courage and it took tenacity to, to stay with it and have both feet in. There's a point 
there's a tipping point where in a, in a secure relationship where it's not work. If someone, if Lisa points out something to me that I'm doing or not doing or um, some, something that could be improved, ultimately I'll put, you know, silently put my hands together and say, thank you because, oh, that's great. I hadn't seen that in myself. So it's not work anymore. It's like, oh, great. That's a, <laughs> that's another piece to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we welcome it. Yeah. We welcome it. And again, it's, it's not about judgments. It's about observation. So I never feel judged by Lisa, but, you know, she'll make observations saying that, you know, sweetheart, you know, I, what I noticed is I, I would say, oh my gosh, you're right. Or, you know, I was thinking about stopping doing that. You know, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely right. You know, but it's observation. It's not, it's not judgments. We don't feel judged. We don't feel judged. And we also, I know, we also listen to each other. We listen. If you give me feedback, even if it's like, I'm like, what? (laughs) I listen to you. If you're telling me something and you've noticed something, it's something I need to look at. And there's no question inside of me. I respect you with every cell in my being. So if something is coming from you and you're observing something, then I got to look at it. It's, it's your feedback. Other than my opinion, I told you the other day, the, you know, the opinion, there's one opinion, opinion that I actually value more than my own. More. Not as much as. I guess that it was Ryan Gosling's, but she said it was me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan's up there. <laughs> no, I, you. You. I wanted my partner to be my greatest teacher. There's no therapist. There's nobody on this planet whose counsel I would seek. I go to you. When you say something the other day, I had a very a difficult situation happen um, with somebody who works with me. And when you said you need to, and you know, you need to, that needs to end. And I didn't even skip a beat. I said, okay, what do I do? And that wouldn't have been my choice, my loyalties, whatever. I may have tried to work it out somehow, but I knew that you were in that, you know, you were seeing something I wasn't seeing and you were wiser than me and you were looking out for me and you were right. You were a hundred percent right in what you said. Yeah, it was amazing. But I didn't even stop. I didn't even say, why do you say that? I just said, okay, what do I do? Right? Yeah. And then you said, you came up with the solution. And, you know, I have to tell you the fact that you recommended that when you suggested what you suggested to me, it felt so honor honoring because you would offer that to me. You would offer that gift to me and and that you trust me and you love me to connect me with this new person who I know is very dear, but who you you must, you know, you believe in me so much that you would put us together. Yeah. All right. There was one more and that was choice. Mm -hmm. You picked that. Right. (laughs) Explain yourself, mister. I think choice might even be the very first quality because one person and one person can change the two, but ideally the two people would come into a relationship choosing, choosing to have this type of relationship. You know, not that somehow it begins to form that way and, you know, it just, but they go in, it's almost starting at the beginning with the end in sight, you know? And so knowing 
and this is what is brought out in your course, but knowing what it's like to have a guardian of your soul. And that is the end goal or the end process that going into relationship in the beginning with that end in sight hmm. is so important that they're choosing, they're choosing, they're not just choosing. Um, I want to, you know, like, you know, all my friends are getting married. I need to get married or my older sisters got married. I need to get married or my younger sisters got married. <laughs> I need to get married. Um, but really going into a relationship choosing. And I, I truly believe that one person can change too. That with that conscious choice, that, that they can influence the other person in creating that dream together. Yes. So one of the things that most of us do is we walk blindly into our relationships. They just happen. We meet somebody, there's a connection. We call it chemistry. And we make up a story that this is different because we don't feel that chemistry with someone else. And then, oh, it must mean that there's something special here. And we make up all these stories about that, what that is, instead of really what I do in the courses, I help women get clear on so many things. We stop them from dating in the first month so that they can start to become conscious and slow this process down. And then when they do start dating again, they date more than one person at a time so that they don't jump into something. But we really look at this idea of choice and we start to give them choices. We get them the right photographs. We get them the right profile. We get them clear on their five must-haves. Must well, they're called your final five and they're not arbitrary. These aren't things that you just, that these women, you know, pull off the top of their head. They are based on some deep process work that we do in the course to get them those five things. And then when they get out there and start dating, they have to have all five. They cannot go out and date somebody if he doesn't have, if he's missing one. Which often means that the person looking for that partner uh, needs these qualities in themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, they've been sacrificing them because they didn't believe they could have them. And now it's raising that bar and saying, no, like I must have these things. I can't, that's what's been missing from all my past relationships. I can't be with a man who's financially unstable. I have to have a partner who takes care of his financial stuff, just like I do. I'm willing to be financially responsible, but I want a partner who is as well because I not neither one of us should be pulling that burden unless we have children and one of us is staying at home and parenting, right? But if we're both able to, we both need to contribute. Yeah. And someone who is emotionally available. Mm-hmm. But they're not, these are not everybody's final five. Somebody may have dated addicts in the past. And going forward, they need someone who is sober and clean. Um, it, it just depends on your history, your what you you know, the mistakes you've been making, the patterns that are repeating in your life. Um, so choice is huge, and that's what we do. Let's talk about how I can show you how to find the guardian of your soul. Anne asks for those of us who recognize we still have a lot of work to do on our own growth and development but do not have the time or resources to spend in therapy as you both did before you met, how can we proceed with finding our partner and developing the kind of relationship that you and Benjamin have while still working by still, while still doing our internal work? Yeah. Well, there are groups, there are audiobooks, and with all of these things, you take what's good and you leave the rest. Um, and even if something um, may not seem like the right information, it may start developing the, the, the kernel of thought 
um, where you're able to really develop. But much development, it can happen internally and, you know, in, in solo. But I feel that the most potent development happens in relationship. And that could be a relationship with friends or in groups. Um, and uh, ideally, you know, therapy or, or courses like Lisa's. Um, but it happens with transformation happens with interaction. Yes. And, 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 and accountability. One of the things about being in a course like, like, like mine is that there's accountability. There's a structure, there's a step-by-step plan. Um, people who go into the grad group, they mark those calls on their calendars so that they make sure they, they show up. They post in the group. They stay engaged in the community. Many of those women go on to do my uh, six-month course. They learn. I mean, I give them all the information they need to find their guardian of their soul in those first 12 weeks. But often it doesn't happen that quickly. For most people, there's a learning curve and there's just divine timing. But in order to stay positive and proactive, in you know while that's happening having the support of benjamin and me and the group is is key and the coaches, and the coaches victoria well especially victoria and one of the things we're getting ready to do which is going to be amazing we are having our first live retreat here in santa fe new mexico with you know it's open to all of the women who are in my second tier program which is called SSW. And we already have well over 20 women who have signed up and who have committed to coming. So it's going to be an incredible tribe of women and just deep, deep, deep work that these women are going to do with us that they will never be able to do with anyone else, anyone else in a spirit of love and depth and authenticity. And in the sisterhood, and in the, the and emotionally naked dating course, it's the interaction with the women. Yes. The, I'm constantly and joyfully amazed how close the relationships become. Yeah. And so on, they may be in different parts of the country, but they'll pick up the phone and call someone. They'll write someone. They'll text someone. And um, that support is invaluable in transformation. Yeah. Invaluable. So I am Lisa Shield, and this is my dear husband and guardian of my soul, Benjamin Shield. And we just want to thank you so much for ever to everybody who came on today. Please tell your friends about these broadcasts. I've been on the planet long enough to know that there are not very many people teaching what Benjamin and I teach. And for a man like Benjamin to come on and give of his Sunday and his time to do this to me is such a gift. And I know because I know that this man is, there's no one else like him, no one. And so please tell your friends and tell your male friends because they will not hear many men like Benjamin. So please come back, join us. We do this every Sunday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. I post the announcements in my groups so you can find them in in Lisa Shield Dating and Relationships or you can join Dating Without Drama or Dating Without Drama for women only. So please give us a thumbs up. Look at these thumbs. Have you ever seen thumbs (laughs) like (laughs) I have two of them. So please give me a thumbs up or give us a thumbs up and a heart, whatever. Thank you so much for joining us. I know lots of my clients and former clients come on. We really love you all so much. Just know that you are always part of our family, those of you who have worked with us. And to those of you who'd like to work with us, please go to lisashield.com, watch my free 45-minute presentation stay to the end and you can book a call with me or a member of my team there and let's find you the guardian of your soul.